Everyone, welcome to Monday through Friday, Cellular Agriculture for a Pandemic-Free Future. This is episode number seven. My name is George Ortega, and it is Wednesday, July 15th, 2020, at 3.54 p.m. Eastern Time. Um, I wanted, I want to start today's episode by getting a bit more into preventing future pandemics through vaccinations. Uh, basically, I've done a bit of research on this recently, and apparently we may be within, let's say, 10 years. I mean, there's different est estimates. Uh, the World Health Organization uh, estimates that by 2027, seven years from now, we um, we might have a universal vaccine. And again, this this is, may not be a complete universal vaccine that works with with both, for example, types of influenza. There's like type A and type B. Um, I'm, I'm sorry. There, there's um, yeah. Well, actually, no. Let me just actually get into that. So, like, there's there's four types of influenza: A, B, C, and D. And apparently types B, C, and D aren't all that threatening or dangerous. It's type A we're worried about. But within type A, there's like um, there's subtypes like H5N1, which I, I believe is the avian flu, which is extremely dangerous. Then, then there's um, H1N1. And so like this, the universal vaccines they're working on um, may conceivably work on all subtypes, it may not work on all subtypes, but you know, what they're working on is conferring um, immunity that lasts longer than our, um, our yearly flu shot. And, and the other thing is like our, year, our yearly flu shots are between 40 and 60% effective. So they're working on a universal vaccine that is at least 75% effective, that will work on at least 75% of people. So, but, all right, so, I mean, I think it's important to point that out because when, when I began this series, uh, my understanding was that, you know, that it was, you know, such a vaccine was actually in principle, um, theoretically not possible for various reasons. Um, so, all right, so, so we do have this, um, this other alternative to, um, to look forward to, and again, um, it, you know, I think the more, the seven years is, is an optimistic assessment. Um, 10, 10 years, 15 years. But the other thing, um, the National Institutes of Health, I, I believe, just invested um, $150 million on um, the most promising of these, um, you know, various companies are working on this uh, vaccine. And you know, the, the, same, the same point applies to research on a universal vaccine that applies to cellular agriculture as a way to prevent future pandemics. I mean, like the point that I raised last week and I'll raise again over and over because I believe it's very important is like, we were estimated to lose here in the United States $8 trillion on this pandemic. And I was advocating that we should be spending at least one half of one percent of that amount to prevent future pandemics. Now that that one half of one percent amounts to fifty billion dollars to a lot of people, and you know to a lot of people that seems like a lot of money. 
But again, relative to, to, to the, the, the damage this coronavirus has done, you know, one half of 1% of the, of the cost of this to prevent a, a next one that, that you know, is, is more likely than not to, to, to happen within the next 10, 20 years. I mean, so like, yes, so that they should, they really should be, you know, greatly um, ramping up the, the, the funding for universal vaccines also. It's, it's beyond, beyond baffling how our government can be so clueless in this regard, you know, how our politicians, it's, it's beyond understanding how the scientific community doesn't just like, isn't up in arms about this, they're just demanding this, this greater funding. Um, but, all right, so I just wanted to, to mention that. So like, you know, just moving forward under the premise that the universe vaccine uh, will take 10 years or longer. And again, like, you know, 75% um, immunity may not be enough. You know, I believe that the better answer is to, um, to, to fund cellular agriculture, clean meat, culture, cell cultured meat, you know, to, to simply stop farming animals, both factory farms and, and, um, and family farms as, as our best way to, uh, to prevent future pandemics. I wanna introduce a, a moral component to this. Um, so let's assume, you know, like 80, 90% of us here in the United States believe in God or higher power. So let's, let's, let's explore uh, the premise that, that we are rewarded and punished based on what we do and don't do. Um, regarding the universal vaccine, it could be yes, there is, you know, a possibility of, of discovering this vaccine. And, and I, I read just one account where it basically like, it's, it's not only, you know, like trying to find a needle in a haystack, but some, something like that. It's, it's trying to find a needle in a haystack that the, 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 um, the haystack is, is on a cart that's moving at 60 miles per hour. I don't know. It's, it, it's apparently it's exceedingly difficult. Hopefully artificial intelligence will, will help with this. But, but my point is that, um, that this pandemic seems to be punishment from God and, and, and really a, a very mild punishment, um, if you can um, appreciate that, relative to the harm we cause. Um, and so, yeah, I've, I've been raising the point that, that, that this is, you know, this is our punishment for paying people, paying the, the, the farming industry here in the United States and throughout the world, because this is all over, to, to we pay people to, to very literally abuse and torture, you know, over 70 land animals, chickens, pigs who, that are more intelligent than dogs and, and obviously feel pain, cows, you know, uh, sheep. I mean, like, we, the, the, the degree of, of suffering that we inflict on these animals is, is beyond unconscionable. It's, it's like so horrific. It's so, so my point is that like, that although a universal vaccine may be theoretically 
possible, you know, God will decide, well, yes, um, you could have it, but you don't deserve it. You know, it, as, as long as you, you remain in denial about your, um, your complicity, your, your, your facilitation um, of, of, of this abuse, this torture of so many animals, you know, year after year for decades, that no, you, you need to be punished to, uh, to gain a, a, um, greater insight into, into this, this cruelty, this horror. To, um, and so, so God may be requiring, demanding um, the kind of repentance that, uh, that happens as we, repentance and amends, I suppose, as, as we transition, as we end the farming of animals. I mean, because ideally 50 years from now, um, people will look back at, at, at a, ideally, you know, we, we will grow meat in labs, you know, and, and, um, and, and ideally people will actually even move away from that because, um, because I think the healthiest diet um, is plant-based, just completely plant-based. There, there's a few things that um, need to be kept in mind. For example, vitamin B is very difficult, if not impossible, to, to obtain um, with a traditional plant-based diet. So it has to be supplemented in, in some way. But um, perhaps, um, you know, I may not completely be right on that. There may be some plant um, sources for that. But the other part of that is that, you know, vitamin B may be able to be manufactured artificially, you know, without, again, having to, actually it would be, you know, like cell cultured vitamin B, you know, just basically um, developing it in labs from, from perhaps, you know, the cells of, of, of living animals, but in a way that, that doesn't involve any, any pain or torture. So, so, um, So yeah, we have to consider that. Yes, it, um, a universal vaccine may be theoretically possible, but we may not, may not deserve it as, as a um, human population. All right, so um, let's get back to this proposal. I, um, I've um, sent it off to a couple of people so far. I have a couple of meetings tomorrow about it, and uh, we'll see if it advances. I mean, like on the one hand, it's, it's, it's kind of like, all right, on the one hand, to invest one half of 1% of what the United States, you know, is expected to lose, you know, $8 trillion as a result of this pandemic, to spend that to prevent the next pandemic seems an unbelievable no-brainer. I mean, like, it seems like, you know, it, it shouldn't be questioned, right? So when, you, when it's framed, within that context, um, which, and again, I brought in the example of homeowner's insurance. A person who owns a home here in the United States will over 10 years spend seven times the cost of that home for homeowner's insurance, you know, to protect it against fires and other, you know, uh, possible means of destruction of the home that are very, very, very unlikely, you know, um, in, in contradistinction to this, to this pandemic threat that is inevitable. 
I mean, it, it's like beyond an evolution. It's happening now. You know, there, there are viruses. There was a recall, um, I think, of about 30,000 pigs in South Carolina several months ago, swine flu. So, I mean, this, it's again, like the experts tell us, it's not a matter of if, but rather when. And the when, if, as, if we, as we've seen in the 21st century, SARS, MERS, I mean, it's getting worse and worse. So, so yes, well, you know, it just makes consummate sense to spend one half of 1% uh, of what we're losing in this pandemic to prevent future ones. You know, on the other hand, when you think about it, well, one half of 1% is $50 billion. Then, then, you know, promoting this idea as I've been, you know, I find my, myself thinking, you know, <clears throat> what, what might people be thinking about this proposal? It seems kind of like absurd, you know, to demand or request so much. Um, but again, it, it makes sense. Um, I, it, it's, it's an argument that I think um, will rely on social media. And, and the, the good thing is that um, it's an argument that, you know, we have this, this example of, for example, homeowners insurance that can be used as a, com a comparison, an analogy. And, and, and I, I don't think it would be a very difficult argument to promote you know, through social media, through Facebook and uh, Twitter, Instagram and all. Um, so I hope that happens. Um, all right, so let's just go over the basics again. You know, uh, this, this pandemic, this COVID, coronavirus, COVID-19 disease is zoonotic, you know, zoonotic meaning it comes from animals. And generally th these diseases, a lot of them come from bats, but then bats will bite infect um, a chicken or a pig, and then the chicken or pig will transfer that virus to, to humans. And then we humans will just, you know, it's very contagious, we'll transfer it to each other. So, so, the premise of, of this series is that the only way, um, and again, e even if, you know, if they come up with a 75% effective universal vaccine, that, that's not gonna be enough. So the only way to be as safe as we wanna be from future pandemics is to stop farming animals. And um, had this pandemic, for example, happened in 2000, instead of 2019, it would have been far more challenging for us. Uh, the reason I say that is because um, under that circumstance, the only way that our world would be free from future pandemics would, would be for us to all become vegan, to stop eating meat and, and, and dairy and eggs you know, not just the United States, across the entire world. Um, but, but we're fortunate, and, and I don't think it's a coincidental fortune. I think that, you know, this is God, you know, God's running this show, God's basically determining what happens and all, you know, this is punishment from God from how, for how we treat these animals. And, um, and so this, 
you know, in 2013, just seven, six years before this pandemic hit us, you know, we were introduced to this brand new technology of cellular agriculture, the proof of concept demonstration in London by Mark Post, where he premiered the world's first cell cultured hamburger patty that, that was created by, by just taking, you know, a cell from, from, from a cow, the, the, this, this, this biopsy, it, it, it involves no pain at all. And, and they just basically take this cell or a group of cells and put it in, in, in a, a medium, a, a growth medium of nutrients in a, in a lab, and then just wait for the, the cells to multiply and multiply and multiply. And that's how simple this process is. So, um, so we are very fortunate that we have this technology because we don't have to go vegan. You know, we have to end factory farming and family farming and transition to, um, to this industry. Now, again, I've, I've said it before, um, under the cur current rate of financing, funding for this new industry, um, because there, there's, there's still research needs to be conducted to be able to scale up to, to, to make the products inexpensive enough to compete with the, the meat and dairy and eggs that we have in the markets now. So, you know, right now there's under a billion dollars invested in this industry. Uh, and as such, you know, the insiders, industry insiders predict that it may take, you know, 10 years or longer to, um, to, to meet those, those challenges, to solve those, those research problems. Um, but so the point of, of you know, of, of the message that I've been promoting recently is like, for example, take, take the case of the vaccines we're working on right now. The, 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 the soonest that a vaccine had been brought to market um, for a, a previous influenza was the influenza pandemic of 1957. And it took them four years to develop that vaccine. So now we're, we're, we're pumping a lot of money into, um, you know, fast tracking this research. And so, you know, we're expected to have a vaccine within a year, a year and a half. You know, so, so, so apply that same principle to, to this um, cultured cell, um, cell cultured meat industry, you know, um, if we invest $50 billion, which again, one half of 1% of what we've lost, we're going to lose from this pandemic in this industry, we could have very reasonably, I don't think this is optimistic at all, very reasonably have these products in supermarkets in three years, four years, if we start now, and, and we, we, we probably won't be coming out of this distancing and you know, economic shutdown for another year or so. So, so we'd have, let's say, a year or two or three where we're still at relative risk for another pandemic. But after that, you know, once, once we stop farming animals, the risk of pandemics decreases. I would say it would decrease by at least 95%, perhaps 99% or more. You know, it'd be, we, we could create a virtually pandemic-free world um 
this applies not just to viral pandemics, but also bacterial pandemics, like the bubonic plague was a bacterial um, pandemic, and, and these are also possible through, through farming. As a matter of fact, you know, um, experts believe that, that these superbugs, these um, antimicrobial anti, anti resistance um, strains of bacteria that are developing, um, could pose a, a greater, you know, threat to our health than, than climate change even. So, so again, the point is, um, by investing these $50 billion, we can, you know, in, in a few years, create a world where we never have to worry this, about this again. Whereas if we don't do this, we are going to live in dread, you know, and, and, and the odds are not against, are not in our favor, you know. Um, it would be reasonable to expect that another pandemic like this could happen with, within the next 10 years. Um, these pandemics are getting more and more frequent. Um, and, 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 you know, this coronavirus is a relatively mild, you know, strain of, of, of influenza compared to some of the others. You know, one of the avian flu strains kills about 50% of the people it infects. This one only is killing maybe 2% or so. All right, so, so that's the message. Now, the other part of this that people have to understand is that we need to not just end family and factory farming of animals here in the United States. We need to end it throughout the entire world. You know, and, and actually, you know, this might be a blessing in disguise because like there are still almost a billion people on the planet that don't have a, a, a reliable food supply, that, that have water scarcity. You know, they just, you know, they, they, they suffer from extreme hunger. Um, and, and so we would have to ensure that, that these countries, a lot of them are in sub-Saharan Africa, South America, uh, Southeast Asia, you know, that, um, we would, to be safe from a future pandemic, we would have to ensure that those populations are provided uh, enough food uh, to sustain themselves uh, so they don't have to resort to farming animals. Um, Again, it, it's, it's speculated that um, the 1918 Spanish flu was a combination of, um, it was a flu that, that combined uh, a swine flu back then with avian flu. And I think the third combination was there was a, a strain, a human strain of flu, the, the, the three combined to create this very powerful um, influenza strain, killed between 50 and 100 million people. And, and the point of that is that the, those, this, that, that pandemic did not originate in a factory farm. It originated in a family farm, you know, small pig farm, um, I guess a, a bird farm. Um, so we have, you know, we have to keep that in mind. And again, so like, so basically we would have to transition from farming animals to, um, to this this new industry's cell cultured um, meat dairy, you know, throughout the entire world, um, I think I think it would be a wonderful thing to happen because um, 
you know, it, that would require unimaginable international co cooperation. You know, the, the kind of competition we see now between countries where like the rich countries like the United States, you know, routinely take advantage of the poor countries. And, you know, there's so, so much inequality, um, not just here in the United States between the rich and the poor, but throughout the entire world. And so this would be um, a way of, of developing the, 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 um, the structures, the mechanisms for that kind of cooperation. And the reason that would be a godsend is that um, it would kind of like be a, um, a way to, to begin to create that kind of international cooperation that we also need not just to protect ourselves from future pandemics, but also to begin to seriously fight climate change. I mean, like we're, you know, like getting back to this, you know, we humans, it's not just um, our abuse and torture of animals. It's like, you know, being religious, I, I, I believe that, you know, I don't think God can be so very pleased that in our world, we abort as many lives every year as die of every other cause combined you know, about between 50 and 60 million abortions each year. Uh, that, you know, that's, that's unconscionable, I believe. Um, and again, our, our, our um, indifference to, to almost a billion poor people who, who, whose children died at a rate of 10 million each year, you know, from, from, from causes that are largely preventable you know they they need um, clean water access to, to clean water they need medicines they need you know they need um, food I mean so so this you know our our um, our world is is extremely immoral in a lot of ways and and um, this I think this transitioning will, will give us an opportunity to um, to reform ourselves, to become better people, to deserve, you know, uh, the kind of um, you know continued prosperity that, that we've enjoyed, that so many of us have been have enjoyed. All right, we've got less than two minutes. Um, so yeah, the, again, the, a universal vaccine is theoretically possible. They're working on it. It, it may happen in seven years. It'll much more likely happen in. 10 to 15 years, but we should, we should fund that much more strongly even so. But $50 billion, one half of 1% of what we're expected to lose from this current pandemic, you know, it really should be more. You know, if the average homeowner spends 4.4% of the cost of their home to insure that home against fires and, and, and other damage um, that, that, that virtually never happens or whenever happens, you know, you know, then we should be spending, you know, 4.4% of, of the, of the uh, $8 billion, trillion dollars we're expected to lose would amount to about $350 billion. You know, ideally we should be spending that much, but I believe $50 billion would be enough to, to, to get us these clean foods, these pandemic free foods in supermarkets in three, four years. And we should absolutely be doing that. All right, so I hope you're having a good evening and um, I'll see you again tomorrow. Catch this show on White Plains Community Media, Monday through Friday, White Plains, New York, Channel 76 Optimum, 45 Verizon. Um, I've been much better about uploading the 
episodes to YouTube. So like this one, I'm going to upload it, um, plan to upload it in a few minutes. All right. So again, uh, have a great day and I'll see you tomorrow.